With KSOM and KS95 News, I'm Tom Robinson. A Nebraska man is currently being sought in an alleged homicide in Council Bluffs. Council Bluffs police officers were called to 127 Harrison Street in Council Bluffs for a possible shooting. Upon arrival, officers found the victim, Gary Frederick of Council Bluffs, lying on the floor, suffering from what appeared to be multiple gunshot wounds. Frederick was treated at the scene and then transported to UNMC, where he succumbed to his injuries a short time after arriving at the treatment center. What authorities do know is that Frederick arrived at 127 Harrison Street, where a disturbance broke out. Witnesses stated during the disturbance they observed Mensa Alloway of Omaha producing a handgun and firing several rounds at Frederick. Alloway fled the scene and is still at large. Authorities continue to gather information related to this incident. If you have any information on the possible whereabouts of Alloway, don't hesitate to contact the Council Bluffs Police Department at 712-328-4765 or Crime Stoppers at 712-328-7867. Two people arrested on drug charges in Ottoman County last week. The Ottoman County Sheriff's Office is 20-year-old Madison Tidwell of Grimes and 35-year-old Alec Coffey of Ford Dodge were arrested following a traffic stop on December 14th. Tidwell was charged with possession of drug paraphernalia and possession of controlled substance marijuana first offense. Coffey was charged with possession of drug paraphernalia, possession of a controlled substance marijuana first offense, and unlawful possession of prescription drug. Both appeared before the magistrate and were released on their own recognizance. A Connecticut man was arrested on drug charges in Adair County. The Iowa State Patrol stopped a Chevrolet Tahoe at the 79-mile marker of I-80 in Adair County for following too close violation on December 13th. And during interaction with the driver, 40-year-old Jacob Brett Woodward of Windsor, Connecticut, the trooper detected an odor of raw marijuana coming from inside that vehicle. The trooper detected that odor, then observed a plastic container containing a Ziploc bag with a green leafy substance inside as well as what appeared to be a rolled marijuana blunt. A probable cause search was conducted on the vehicle and items containing THC as well as raw marijuana were located. Woodward was arrested for possession of a controlled substance, failure to affix a drug tax stamp, and keeping premises or vehicle for controlled substance. He was held in the Adair County Jail on a $5,000 cash bond. Union County man faces drug possession charges in Montgomery County. Red Oak Police arrested 38-year-old Stephen Marion Bosniak of Creston early this morning during a traffic stop near Highway 34 and 8th Street in Red Oak. Officers transported Bosniak to the Montgomery County Jail on charge of possession of a controlled substance marijuana third or a subsequent offense and child endangerment. Authorities held Bosniak on a $2,000 bond. And the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office arrested two men in separate incidents over the weekend. Deputies arrested four-year-old Gary Allen Honeyman of Villisca on Saturday for obstruction of emergency communications. He was taken to the Montgomery County Jail and held on a $300 bond. And deputies arrested 36-year-old Joshua Kenneth Walcott of Griswold early this morning for driving while revoked. Deputies transported Walcott to the Montgomery County Jail and held him on a $1,000 bond. 
A warm, dry winter so far means additional work done on road and bridge construction projects around southwest Iowa. Scott Sewer, District 4 Transportation Planner for the Iowa Department of Transportation, says the above-normal temperatures have allowed contractors to catch up on some projects delayed due to contractor schedules or material availability. Being able to work later into the fall and early winter, we're able to get some of those projects completed where we may have normally put down an intermediate lift, on, let's say on an asphalt project, and then come back and finish it in the spring. Sewer says one of those projects is the Council Bluffs Interstate Project, specifically in the area of Madison Avenue. The other projects benefiting from the warmer temperatures are the Interstate 80 Raccoon River Bridge projects. And then uh, we've got a bridge project on Highway 59 near Shenandoah that, that started this fall, and it's got a detour in place. And so with the warmer weather, they're able to get quite a bit of the work done prior to next spring. So that'll help. And Sewer says they're discussing whether to keep working on the Highway 59 bridge construction project south of Voca or wait until spring. We're constructing it a half of the time. So the next step is we, we have to narrow the lanes to shift traffic over. And we're kind of reluctant to do that because the lane width will be 9-6, and, and that's a little bit narrower than our plows. So... Um, there's been some ongoing discussion on whether we keep driving forward if the weather holds out or whether we put a, you know, put a, leave it like it is and, and come back and finish it in the spring. So there's some ongoing conversations regarding that project. Sewer says when the temperatures are holding in the 40s and 50s, they're able to get more work done than on normal winter, even though the days are shorter. The normal high temperature for this time of year is 31 degrees, and the normal low is around 13. And we're looking at highs moving forward in the 40s on Tuesday with a low of 28, 49 on Wednesday, low 32, and then Thursday through Sunday, highs in the 50s and lows in the 40s. Well, last week, the Ottoman County Board of Supervisors ironed out the details for the temporary move to the armory for a daily rental fee of $30. Earlier this month, the supervisors spun the long-awaited courthouse HVAC project into motion. The total cost is around $2.8 million. Supervisor Chairman Doug Sorensen says a plan is to move the main floor and possibly one or two more upper floor offices during the construction. He says they plan on using the prison system to help with the move. And we can actually get prison workers to, to come and uh, help us with our move to the armory. And they and it's, this is something they do. They actually did this for Carroll County, helped them with a move, and that's where how we found out about them. And uh, so it's something very economical. You know, we've got a lot of big items and a lot of big, bulky, heavy stuff. And uh, they come and they have actually got equipment and they can help us with the move. And Sorton says a move from the courthouse to the armory is about a mile, which also means moving the prison workers from one site to another. Well, then we got thinking somebody else suggested, well, you know, we could maybe get kids from the from the football team or from the basketball team, you know, sports kids or something, that athletes that, to, to come help, and then we could just make a donation to the Audubon uh, Athletic Boosters or something on, on behalf of that or something like that. And so it was just some ideas we were kicking around. So maybe we could have, have the, the, the kids maybe unload down to the armory. And so Orange says the goal is to move the main floor sometime in March. A group of previous committee members and others met with an architectural engineering firm last week to review and discuss the possibility of streamlining the CAM school district facilities. CAM Schools Superintendent Paul Cron says the district has been working on trimming its learning centers from 3 to 2 and now to 1. The district is currently operating facilities in Messina and Anita. Uh, and what is it going to take or is it possible or uh, what's the recommendation 
potentially could be look like um, and had conversations about that next steps you know to look at some finances enrollment uh, things like that what what's engagement and one of the things they did notice uh, last Wednesday is the representation of the district does not represent the a cross-section of the district very well right now. The school board works with the architectural engineering management firm SiteLogic, which deals exclusively with school districts and buildings. They break down their meetings in smaller groups and get input from a smaller group instead of just a large group and then uh, look at what potentially should be considered and questions that need to be asked uh, as we move forward. Now, Cron says the next facility meeting is scheduled for January 10th at Messina School Media Center at 6 p.m. He says the main goal is to get a good cross-section of representation on the facilities committee and be a part of something that molds the district's future. There is a flyer on the CAM School District website to sign up to become involved or call the CAM School District Central Office. Last week, the Guthrie Center School Board approved an early retirement incentive package, and school superintendent Josh Rasmussen says the board has used this policy in past years to help reduce spending in the general fund. Must be 55 years of age, have 10 years of experience. Um, They did limit it to three uh, at this time, so we're just uh, basing that off of consecutive years of service um, at Guthrie Center, and those applications are due January 3rd. The early retirees get 50% of their base salary up to $24,000 in a tax shelter annuity and it can stay on the school's insurance plan at their expense. Ten teachers are currently eligible for the policy. Well, the Clarenda City Council last week approved a letter of support for construction of a dog park at Shanks Lake. According to the meeting minutes, the CYC board approached City Manager Gary McLarnon requesting to add a dog park at the lake. They applied for a grant and needed a letter of support from the city of Clarenda. More news on the website at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Tom Robinson. Have a great afternoon.